0: Hello and welcome to my podcast, From Trauma to Triumph. I am Leah Bandola and your host. My mission is to help people heal their past so that they can unleash their brilliant future. I am a trauma release specialist, empowerment coach, and cognitive behavior therapist. I am also a published author with three book publications and a professional speaker. This podcast delves into the world of trauma and it is a big world. There are so many aspects to trauma and how it affects us in our lives and each episode will give you more information, examples, stories and strategies to help you understand trauma better and how to release the hold that it has on us. Let's jump into today's episode. Hello my wonderful listeners, it is a joy to be with you again this week and I'm so happy to be bringing you an amazing woman. Um, You are just going to love what she has to say. So I was really really happy that um, she could join me today. Her name is Susie Tamacy, um, founder and author of Books, editor, image stylist, designer, and consultant in empowering women. Susie Tamacy is a serial entrepreneur, award-winning mentor in finance and business, and a leader in advocating for entrepreneurship as a way of creating positive empowerment transformation. Susie is the founder of Susie Q Jewels, Frugal Divas, Empowered in Heels, Biz and Fashion Magazine, and Women on Biz, she is one busy lady, an initiative to radically transform how we support, celebrate, and finance and empower female entrepreneurs. She is also a blogger and event producer. Um, Look out for her upcoming fashion shows to support Suzy Q Jewel's Women and Children program, and we will talk more about that. An entrepreneur and woman of style from an early age, Susie understood from very early on that she wanted something, she had to, if she wanted something, she had to work for it. And it's that knowing that has helped her break the barriers and tenaciously pursue a love of fashion. Susie started as a jewelry designer using recycled items and has evolved to her mini empire with a virtual consignment shop and new clothing line under Suzy Q Jewels and Frugal Divas. Her clothing line donates a portion of its sales to women's shelters across Ontario. Susie also has two magazines, Empowered in Heels and Biz and Fashion Magazine. To give back to the community, Susie hosts a yearly swap, sell and donate event and fashion show with her signature trademark Uh, trademark walks showing the cycle of abuse and stopping the violence. Susie strives to build relationships with her clients, encouraging them to never give up on their dreams because she believes that when we are open to the light of kindness, we can accomplish anything. Susie is currently based in Oshawa, Ontario and has two lovely sons. Check out uh, Susie Q Jewels to learn more about the beauty brains and business savvy of Susie Tammacy. My goodness, you are beyond a busy lady. (laughs) And so giving of your time. So welcome, Susie. And I'm I'm really, really thrilled to be talking to you today because of course, a lot of what you do is also what I am very passionate about. Um, So Give us a little bit of your history and what kind of led you to wanting to do this.
1: Thank you so much for having me on your show. I have been kind of stalking you because I've seen a couple of your shows and I love them because they can really correlate to what I do and, and what I want to change. I want to change the cycle of abuse and I want women, especially women, to empower themselves and get out of that um, cycle. And, and empower their children, because if we don't mm-hmm. do it with our children, it, it just comes and trickles through. And that really signifies our book called Empowering Heals, which you will find out more about my story as to what I went through and how I got here today, where I'm um, empowering other women with. And it's it's something that I really love and I found a passion for. And I made it a mission of myself to make a difference in this world. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, honestly, I said to you earlier as we were chatting that as I was reading your chapter, it read like a novel. It was there's so much there. And I know that it only just touches probably on the highlights of um, your experiences. Um, but can you tell us a little bit? And and what really struck me too when I was reading it was um, the history of, you know, this abuse um, that you experienced in several different ways um, was really a generational trauma. And, you know, my listeners have heard me talk about generational and ancestral trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think your story really kind of highlights it. Um, So so just give us a little bit um, because you know we can't go into everything, and yeah. you know my listeners, you will have to get this book um, because it it really um, I think a lot of people can really identify with the story, right? But how did it um, kind of start for you?
1: Well, I found myself that I was losing myself. I truly lost myself. I found my son at three growing. I wanted another child. I had a miscarriage Mm -hmm. and I was losing myself. I found myself working more in in the office and not wanting to be home. And then when I came home, I had to kind of follow what was told or, or not told, but I was controlled. I didn't have friends. He isolated me from friends. Um, and then then I had to sit down and look at my life and say, why, why is this that I suffered so much as a child? Because I did. Mm-hmm. And I did touch it in the book, but I didn't want to go too severe because I didn't want to traumatize anyone. I wanted to be a more empowerment book. Mm-hmm. And I started mm-hmm. to analyze writing my story as to what it was. And it was, me growing up through my stages and my mother, even in, I I believe I was three, four years old going to kindergarten with a black eye and saying I fell down. And I don't know why a mother would do that. And I would always criticize that. And I would hold that against my mom. I go, mom, why do you put up with him? Why don't you just leave him? Why is it that you keep on covering for him? But then it was hard because as a child, you don't understand the phases because you see a bu- my father had a problem. He had emotional problems from the past and that made me get to that maturity in the book and find out with my story
0: mm-hmm. why
1: he acted the way he was mm-hmm. and, and made me analyze as to why we should get therapy so that we can stop that cycle because I was doing it with my marriage when I was with my husband and I was covering him up I was being that nurturing mom that my mom did to my father Mm
0: -hmm. and another
1: way which I said I was not going to do and I was covering things up for him and I'm here no I am falling back to be what my mom was and the last thing I would want to do and she kept on I, kept, I left him three times and the third time I did it the right way because of our court system. It's horrible. Well,
0: yeah. And you know, oh, don't even get
1: me started on that. <laughs> I wish yeah. if, I, if I could tra- change the court system today, that yeah. would be my first goal today yeah. and protect the victims more because honestly, our court system is awful in, in correcting or correcting the abuser allowing them to get away with anything and um, the victim loses out a lot.
0: Well, it's interesting you said that because that was literally one of the things that I, you know, really, I I actually highlighted it um, when I was reading the book. And it was when you said, um, this is why I believe it's so important to seek counseling for victims um, so that they don't become abusers and continue this vicious cycle. But even more importantly, and I think, yeah, it was there anyway, that struck me was that, yeah, Yeah. that we need to really get the right help for the abuser, you know, um, because if we don't, and we don't, I mean, they most cases, and I, you know, my listeners know I work a lot um, with all kinds of criminal cases um, through victim services, and the majority are uh, domestic violence cases and you know nine times out of ten I, I mean the odd time there might be a judge who's gonna say you must get counseling you must show us that you are getting help for this and you know but they rarely do that they yeah. put them through a program the PARS program if some people are familiar with it um, which is you know it's partner and I can't remember what all the you know <laughs> relationship You know, basically, it's to help them to identify, but it's not. It's a group program where they just have to show up. Yeah, they don't have to take anything in. You know, like so they do their anger management
1: program. Really doesn't pinpoint like when I started writing my book, and I started it as a magazine. It was funny because we would donate these Hmm. magazines to the shelters. We're affiliated with my charity. And there I noticed, oh, wow, this is where it interconnects. My father was, he was abused too, in a way. He he was outcasted. He was
0: absolutely abused, I would say. just from reading the little bit that you do have about that. And I was like, wow, no wonder he was the way. And, you know, it's not about justifying the behaviors, but it's about understanding that when somebody comes from that, and they are treated that way
1: that's what you, know, you there's mean.
0: that saying out there i think most people have heard it hurt people hurt people that's right. right so he your father came into that relationship as as you know with a lot of wounds a lot that's of right. wounds
1: yeah. yeah and it it trickled through his life and yeah. he didn't know how to cope with it it was alcohol that he coped with it right. and that just did not work well with him at all it turned him to a jackal and hide he would have like two weeks or three weeks drinking and one week of normality in our home which was really hard as a child to understand okay i love my dad is amazing when he's not drinking but he's a monster when he's drinking and why would he do this to my mom or why do i have to run around and try to protect my mom as a kid Mm -hmm. And it got to a point once that I, you know, it got so violent that thank God, you know, God was there, but I'm here saying that abusers need help too. And this is where we need to start to analyze Mm -hmm. that our children can either become a victim if they live in that lifestyle or an abuser. And I saw it with my son. I'm sorry to say, as a mother, it was, it was the hardest thing. And that was my breaking point to say no I don't want to live in this situation it was 22 year uh, years in marriage he was 14 and I said no more this is not what I want for my life I don't want him as a mother to be an abuser to some other person and do what the last thing a mother would want
0: yeah And you had started to see some signs is what I understand, right? Yes. Yes, yes. Yeah. So amazing. Now, you know, that wasn't your first abusive relationship. So you did. So, you know, just to kind of highlight for the listeners, and this is how the cycle happens, right, is obviously your father and your mother also probably had some things in her childhood that led her to believe that it was okay on some level not consciously of course but um to to be treated this way and to stay in it you know a woman stays with it again my listeners know my story too a little bit um of my upbringing but this was my I had a raging father and a very passive mother who was just constantly trying to keep him from getting upset you know so and and but and I remember having the same kind of conversation you had with your mother, with, with my mom. is like, why are you staying? What, he, he was never physically abusive, but he was abusive in every other way. And I remember as being quite young and, and looking at her and like, why are you doing that? Like, why are you staying? And then later in life, I realized I had anger towards her as well. I knew I had <laughs> anger towards my father that I, had, I did work through. Um, and I did come to a place of forgiveness. And we'll talk about that because I know you got there too. Um, but what I didn't realize until much later was that I had a lot of anger towards her as well. Yeah. Not, you know, leaving and, and putting us in a better environment. She thought, of course, she thought she was doing the best she could. by so us. but I remember when I asked her the question and she said to me, literally, where am I going to go? What? Yeah. If, no. No, the well, wife stays with her husband. We don't yeah. divorce. We don't divorce. Meaning, so I'm Italian through yeah. and through. I, so right, and it was like, wow. So when you grow up with that, I think you start to have this also self concept of when you love somebody, yes. you put up with all the crap,
1: right, especially your culture. Like I, my mother's Spanish, my father was Yugoslavian, mm. but a big um jumping point as a child is when we were in a car with my father was a hard worker and he did a cottage mm. and it was in Niskoka lake mm. and when he drank there there was nothing ah. and we ah. were he we dismantled my mom's car he was in one of those rages and my, i remember my mom bleeding we didn't have shoes we were running in that snowbank, mm. and we ran to a home that was really far and then they didn't even want to open the door because they didn't want to Get involved right which was really scary and this is at that time when i was younger so abuse was not as seen it -hmm. was done it was happening but there was really nothing to help and that's why i love the shelters today they've incorporated a lot of counseling and and um children talk and what's right what's wrong which didn't exist before because we went to the shelter several times and we would stay and then we would go back. And I'm here, mom, why are we going back? This is our peace haven. This is why I support the shelter so much because it was our our ability to sleep because we couldn't sleep days um, being Mm. young. So I think that is the epiphany of, of a big story of a child sleeping in a car cold in the night not knowing because my mom goes back in the house I don't know if she's gonna come back alive I don't know what's Uh. gonna happen so I I remember wanting to go in and my sister in the car and she told me to stay here with my sister but I want to go in to see if she's okay so yeah so all that came into play but I hope one day that this will be a real movie that's our our next
0: Wow. I could see it being a movie for sure. It's
1: it's a series. So look out for our second book coming out, Empowered in Heels.
0: So yeah, so the book um, for the listeners um, is called Empowered in Heels. And I love that. And we will talk about how it's also um, the heels part (laughs) is kind of all tied into the other things that you do. But I don't want to leave, I don't want to kind of leave our listeners hanging. Um, So eventually your did your mother leave um how did you get out of the situation
1: um no my mother (laughs) it's funny because my father um at the end had cancer um he had cancer from the liver Mm -hmm. and he ended up dying in the day of his deathbed is when i actually forgave him and i said okay Uh because he was waiting for me my sister to come all together before he left and I said, it's okay, dad, you can leave now. We forgive you. We forgive you. And he kept on waiting for my sister because my sister didn't come with us at that time. And my mom was like struggling being at the hospital for so many hours every day. And she still loved him to death. I like, I could not understand. And today I'm still working with her. <laughs> but, yeah. but that was the love from before. I think coming into a new country, if you look at her and it's in the story, it explains all her life. Mm-hmm. and and it's it's your it was her first love and it still is like she wouldn't even bury my father's ashes until two years ago um because she wanted to be, to be buried with him which is wow. weird. It was her wow. first love. yeah
0: yeah that's the complicated part of it is that you know many women like real, of course they truly do love their partner who is also hurting them yeah which then equates you know and and growing up seeing it um of course that that's what you saw you know it wasn't right but it's like but this is what happened so then of course in a way you know you attract people into your life who very much like your father Maybe for different reasons. And this is this is the complicated part, right? Is that you know wounds develop in all different kinds of ways.
1: That's right. And right. even today, like she's still I I'm mean, mom, you have peace now. You can speak now. Yeah, but you know, this person's really I go, but he doesn't treat you like he should. Why are you putting up with this? And she goes to me, well, because he gives me company. I go, is it just fear mm-hmm. of being alone? why why should you have to have that fear to be alone don't you love yourself enough to know what value you have and what people should be treating you with right because you deserve that and a lot of people lose themselves and with What I do in the empowerment side is that empower women to really find the core values of their inner core love, because it's the smallest things that we take for granted, and we become so superficial and this world has become so superficial I think Mm -hmm. COVID opened a lot of doors for that because now even the workplaces they're taking compassion. to leadership, to um, getting involved with empathy, understanding your staff, understanding why they're going through those days of emotional roller coaster days. So I think a lot has been changed because of the COVID. Yeah, I, agree. <laughs> I, tot-
0: I totally agree with you. And yes, yeah, so you have to get to that place. For a lot of people, though, they have no idea what loving themselves looks like yeah. um, or feels like because. And, and, you know, you turned the corner, right? You, you did come out to the other side, but for many you, cause you developed and I'm sure you know this, but, um, as the, um, the peacemaker, uh, the fixer, the, you know, you, you were taking care of your mother really to a great degree and your sister, yes. um, you, as a child, right? So then you, you, um, Have to see people as, and again, subconscious, right? And um, as someone that you are going to be able to help and fix. That's right. right. Yeah, Yeah. because that was kind of your underlying mission as a child. Yeah, helping your your mother. And many of us in the helping professions, by the way, (laughs) you know. And you know what? Histories like like that, right? Our whole life still continues that. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then and so for many of us, though, when we can finally have that piece of that inner peace, right, of it's like, yes, I want to help other people. And I also really, truly want to help myself and love myself. Right. And then, you know, teach others to do that, which is what you are really doing with your work. And I love it. I love the work that you're doing. Talk a little bit about the kind of fashion side of things and uh, how that all comes into it. So
1: in my book, I also share the path of my entrepreneurship and how it started. It started in I was in a corporate world for 25 years. Um, I was in senior level. And I looked at myself as a number, I was spending like 10 hours there every day, I didn't want to come home and I knew why, because I had an abusive husband at that time. And um, I had a thought I go, okay, I'm a single mom, I left my husband again, what would happen if I'm a single mom, and I am not going to be able to, to um, afford our home. And I said, okay, I'm going to start a business. I started, I started two businesses. One was an organizing business, which I was on maternity leave. It went well, but it was just too emotional draining. I already had my issues, and dealing with someone else's issues at that time didn't correlate with me. Plus, I didn't, I wasn't cured. I didn't find me. Mm-hmm. So then I left that, and then I, I started with revamping jewelry. And it took off everyone because even in my corporate life, everyone at work would want to come and see what I was wearing because i very, Mm -hmm. was very intuitive and putting things together, mixing and matching because I was a frugal mom and I knew how to put things together and they would come and just see what I was wearing. And they would ask where'd you get this? Where'd you get that? I'd say, okay, well, I got this here. And I I had this in my closet. I just mixed match. Okay. Suggest me what I'm going to wear for the next event. I'm going to, Okay, okay. And then Jewelry took off. Everyone was doing jewelry. Now I go back to the drawing board again. and I go, So now what am I going to do? God, God, I'm doing this for me. What is it that I can do? Then he gave me a flashback of me being in the shelter with my mm. mom and my sister and us having to leave the shelter to go back home. And I said, mm. oh, you're giving it to me hard, God. Um, so that's where I incorporated the Consignment, which mm-hmm. I used to do stress shopping because I was in a senior level, I could afford really nice clothing. I would buy clothing, have it in my closet, not wear it. Mm-hmm. And I said, there yes. has to be millions of women doing the yep. same thing as me.
0: Right. Like,
1: buy brand new things, and it's in the closet. Yep. And then, what do you do with it? Guilty. So I, I tried <laughs> yeah. to sell those items, and they were yeah. doing really well. But then people would come back to, me, "Where can I find this? Where can I find that?" I'm, I'm not going to be able to find those items. So that's where I got into the new clothing line. And some of the clothing line I design. So I did do some designing. And that was in my book too. It shows that when I was a kid, my parents were very, well, they weren't very poor, but they were in middle class. I would take my mom's curtains and make Barbie doll clothing from it and stuff. And I was very creative from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So then that got into play. And it took off, honestly. It, it, it's been a blessing. Um, I did have a couple of people say, oh, you know what, fashion's never gonna do it. And my eldest son tells me that because <laughs> he mm. loves fashion. Yeah. Um, oh, clothing and fashion is not gonna do it. I go, you know what? If you have it in your mind mm. and you stay on it, it's gonna be successful. Anything you have in your mind and you love with passion, it's gonna, it, it, will, it will take time. It did take me time. Yeah. get
0: there so, but you also have to have the kind of mindset that you have yes. right and the belief in yourself and and I think you know for some who've had a history similar to what you have had um, that stops them because they don't have that belief in themselves and they didn't have someone or they didn't have the strength or the resilience that maybe you have yet <laughs> um, and I, I know that's what you help people with. Um, is to, to really believe that what you have is something that other people are going to want. That's right. right? Yeah. Yeah. So where did that come from for you? How did you develop that?
1: I think it was through my separation because my, when I started to take off with my business, um, my ex-husband just went kind of crazy he um he started to lose that control because he had me in control he had me from my night my work home Uh child work home child and when I started to gain my my ownership of me with my entrepreneurness I started to meet people I started to have that magnet attraction and I was being successful even at work like they were looking to see where I was and what events I would go to and they would come and join and, and stuff like that. So he did not like that. So mm-hmm. I think having mm-hmm. that, having my past, think I'm never going to be you know, successful because my dad was always picking on me. He would right. make us play chess and he would always make us feel like we were inferior to him and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I think just having that resilience and that power to say, you know what, I'm going to be able to do this and anything I put my mind to, I can do it. And not stopping, like, I'm not going to say the doors were open all the time. They shut, Mm -hmm. but I tried a different technique. I tried a different route. I tried to change something that would allow me to get there. So when I did the jewelry, everyone was doing jewelry. I couldn't go to vendor shows anymore because it was uh, whoever got in first, then the other jewelry people couldn't get it. Mm-hmm. So I had to incorporate the clothing line. And that's how the clothing line came in. But then everyone knew me through Susie Q Jewels. So I didn't want to restart the company after having a big follower and start with a clothing line with a different name. So I said, okay, I'm going to keep it to Susie Q Jewels. And people asked me, why do you keep it to Susie Q Jewels? Is it about jewelry? I said, no, you know what? Susie Q Jewels, and this came back when I wrote the story. It puzzled all in. It said, Susie Q, Su, my dad used to call me Susie Q.
0: Okay. He was good. Yeah.
1: And he was normal. It was a Susie Q and there was a song about it.
0: Right. Yeah. I, know the is
1: I, <laughs> I really owned my life. Like I really mm-hmm. owned my entrepreneurship. I earned my confidence. I earned getting back out in the market, um, going out to do speeches and stuff like that. Then the clothing line kicks in and I said, I'm going to keep it there. And Mm -hmm. then when I looked at the the puzzling of everything, it just came in together that everyone I get to meet are my jewels. It's like my gems that I get to cherish and have them cross through my path of life. And if I can make a difference in each jewel that I touch, that's how I empower them with the
0: fashion that I do. So it all comes together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love that. I just love that perspective. So how are you helping people now? Like, like I read your bio and I, people understand all of that, but go a little deeper with what you actually help people to do.
1: Well, I'm a hypnocognitive behavior therapist and I'm working on my PhD in psychology because of my past and everything. I
0: just want to ask a question right now. Do you sleep? Ever. I'm probably <laughs> do You see all these uh overhang here, yeah. No, but you know what? Me. Wow, you're also in school.
1: My goodness. <laughs> yeah, so I do that. I'm. I've been doing it throughout COVID. So I said, okay, God is giving me time to do something. So I have our magazine which is Biz and Fashion. I'm editor of that, and we're opening another one called. um Momir at Lair, which is going to be like moments, occasions, special occasions, because I thought with COVID, a lot of people didn't get to share those special occasions in a magazine. Mm-hmm. And how nice is it to get a magazine with those memories to pass on to your children to say, oh, I was featured in a magazine. This is when I was my 50th birthday or my 20th birthday or whatever. So Love I thought it. it'd be a great idea. And then I love empowering women so a lot of the fashion shows I do are some models some regular people and they come together we glam them up we have a makeup artist we do a photo shoot with them and we feature them in the magazine and you know how empowering that is Mm. just doing the walk in a fashion show empowers Mm. you so much it gives you that confidence we're dealing with girls now, it's funny because a lot of the older ladies or or models that i worked with, they're sending me their kids um, to walk on the runway and I'm sure I never became a a young uh, modeling agency, but they trust me and they love what I I give out to the world. So I'm really about empowering. I do not judge with sizes, uh, any color, race, nothing. I am just so, self, you know, humble in a way that people tell me, mm-hmm. you don't even tell people what you do.
0: I go, I, don't <laughs> I really don't need to. If it's for don't... a little while, but, and I'm just, I'm learning, yeah, I'm learning so much about you it's incredible I am I'm not a person to um I guess that's probably one
1: of my flaws I don't tell people what I do I like them to look it up and then they say oh shit but (laughs) people are noticing (laughs) like I'll be at a place and someone will come to my window and who the heck are you I read your book or I saw you on the show and I saw you there oh my god it feels good but yeah yeah I'm very humble in that sense and I have to give thanks like I think that's from my mom's side she's Such a humble person. She's my superwoman because she was my father and my mother. Mm -hmm. And she had her difficulties too when she was young, but she still mastered to be this strong uh, powerhouse of a a, a lady that I admire. Like she, I call her the superwoman. I go, Mom, I don't know how you
0: did it. I really do. That's so wonderful. Um, And you work a lot with um, shelters, which, of course, I love that so much. Um, And so what do you do uh, directly to help the shelters?
1: Well, what I do is I plan the exits for them. And in my book, I'll show I'll I'll give you examples of how to plan it, um, because our court system doesn't tell us that. (laughs) So I do that. I get them prepared. I find a location for them. I've had them in my home, too. Um, you know, if I if they don't have a place to stay, I'll let them stay here. Oh and the goodness. house here in Durham, actually, in hopefully in maybe five or ten years, I'm hoping to have this mm. as a woman hospice
0: that wow. they have a
1: place to stay. That was my cure, my my main goal to buy a house here in Durham, because Durham has a high rate um, yeah. Uh, abuse women abuse and younger generation it's not the
0: older generation
1: it's starting from 17 and up even sometimes
0: I've I've seen it younger than that sadly when I worked at the youth center here in Ajax we had a couple of cases where they were like 13 and it was partner abuse
1: yeah it's it's like yeah it's very sad and imagine at that time and this is why Empowered in Heals was done. Honestly, it's a passion project. It wasn't to make money. I, you know, we'd love to be to be a, a top seller, but it's to empower other women and mm. show them through different stories that other people have gone through mm. and how they can empower themselves. So with my story, I show tips. I show your, you should love yourself first, put yourself first, because one thing abuser will do is try to take full control of your life. Yeah, how they can make you feel like a little (laughs) thumbtack,
0: and keep on
1: pressing on it, and pressing (laughs) on it, and pressing on it until you lose yourself. So you don't have no power of yourself. And people wonder and say, "Why do you stay?" Mm -hmm. They don't really know how it feels when you have someone pounding on you every (laughs) second of the day, and how small they make you feel. And you believe that.
0: You, and you start to believe that about that yourself, moves, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. So
1: I am so firm in people judging others because no one knows what yeah. other people have gone through in their walk of life. I and, agree. And you can be the most educated person in the world. Yeah. And if you don't have that empathy for others, you don't have a heart, honestly. You, you don't really get to learn what life is or live that life that you really want to have.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. I did a whole podcast last week for my listeners. If you haven't heard it yet, this is exactly yeah. what I talk about. And we don't know what's going on with other people. And you can't, you know, the old adage of you cannot judge a, a book by its cover because um, a lot of my clients, and this always shocks people when I, when I say this, um, are definitely higher income, you know, kind of higher socioeconomic. Um, demographic. And, and many of them say what you just said a little while ago is, you know, how could this happen to me? I mean, I'm smart. I'm, you know, great at my work. I, you know, and yet at home, I have this person who has me feeling like a little, I love your little analogy there, a little thumbtack, right? Now in the book are also other stories. So this is a compilation book. So I wanted to really make this book. Um, I'm
1: the creator, and I have 12 amazing, uh, well, 11 other amazing authors, and I wanted to make it really different. So each one has something different to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about abuse. It's there's cyberbullying, there's uh, cultural differences, there's um, entrepreneurship, and how she had to empower herself with with having her own business. There's photography and how she empowered herself with photography, models, we have a teacher. So if you really wanna get a book to inspire other women or teens or anyone that needs to read something that's really gonna make a difference in their life, honestly, I'm not just promoting it because it's a book, but
0: honestly, it will
1: touch your heart
0: and make a difference. For sure. sure. And how do people get this book?
1: They can find it on Amazon, so you can either go through our website at uh, www.empoweredinheels.org, and that will link you to the Amazon link. And then from there, you can also read about the, the bios of the other authors there and about our mission as to why this book was put together. We are working on a second sequel and I'm trying to do more sequels of it. So if you really have a great story and you want to share it, please contact me, even your story, you know, it would be an honor to have you in the book, because honestly, we don't look at the other side of how hard it is as a mother to see your daughter go through that and your brand
0: yeah.
1: and, yeah. and yeah. wanting to. Make a miracle, but we don't have that power to just take uh, it all away, and we have right. to cope with it and pray. I think faith is a uh, main uh, issue as uh, to what keeps me strong, and I am a, a true advocate to others to have that faith and for sure, there. And He does show us things, so it makes us stronger,
0: yeah. Yes, agreed. Um, and it's, so if people want to learn more about you you've given given us the website mm-hmm. uh, is there anywhere else so if, if somebody wants to reach out to you you're on all the social media i assume
1: yes you can look me up under susie tomasi everything should link in on linkedin um, it will show the empowered in heels our magazine biz and fashion also i have another book that we did um as i said i'm a stylist and i've i've uh, styled a couple of a listers like uh, cheryl hickey and um the house of wife of the housewives of toronto and um i have this really cool book that you can download and it gives you like what to use in your closet So you don't have to go shopping all the time and mixing and matching and what is crucial. It's like a capsule book in a way. And this just shows Uh my story of how I was stressed after working in finance and how I would go stress shopping. And that was the way I relieved with my stress. So, Uh Uh and and I said, okay, you know, I'm going to do this for someone else. (laughs) At least they have, a book as to what they need in their
0: closet and how to mix and match it. Yeah. I love it. I'll have to get that one too. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. So actually, so yeah. I can drop it off to you, but yeah, I need to have a book. We need to book a coffee for sure.
0: Yes. Um, oh my gosh. And I, I mean, I, I, So many of my guests i have on it's such a short period of time and we don't get to kind of really touch on everything but and i you know i've said this before but i'm going to say it to you for sure is we need to have you on again Uh um but definitely um this has been a pleasure i so appreciate all the amazing work that you're doing i know that you are changing lives And I am so thrilled to have had you on today. Thank you, thank you, thank you for for all that you do and especially for sharing your story with us today. And to my listeners, um, I hope this is just something else you can add to your little toolbox um, and reach out, please reach out to Susie. Um, She can help you and especially if you are finding yourself in circumstances that have disempowered you, this is an amazing way to become empowered again. And until next time, as I like to say, try to find a little peace, joy, and love wherever you can get it. Thank you so much for joining us today. Bye for now. Thank you so much for having me. You are most welcome. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please subscribe or follow me so you don't miss a single episode. If you wanna go deeper in your healing, you can book a free discovery session with me and learn more about my unique strategy to unlock the real you through my Unearth, Uncover, and Unleash three-part system to discover and heal your past and present trauma and become empowered to live your best life. Go to my website, lifelessons.ca or contact me directly at Leah at lifelessons.ca to book your session. You can also find me on social media. My links are all on my podcast page. And while you're there, I would love it if you would leave a review, good or bad. I want to know how I can make this podcast just what you need it to be. And if you love it, I definitely want to hear that. You can also leave a review on whatever platform you are listening on. Until next time, grab some joy wherever you can. Bye for now.